Welcome to Express Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We are a ministry of Arizona Message Ministry, the message to the number two dot US. We are supported financially by HaribouBooks.com. Make sure you go on there, buy some of the books that are there, donate them to your school, donate them to your church, donate them to your library so we can get the message of hope and the message of encouragement out. Enjoy the podcast. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Express Church Experience on a Resurrection Sunday. We're so thankful that you've joined us here today, joined us at the Express Church Experience on your time where you receive it at your home, at your job, in your car, where you work out. I just hear so many people saying where they receive the Express Church Experience, and we're just glad that you can come to be with us particularly celebrating Resurrection Sunday. And with Resurrection Sunday, we're presenting it from the garden. And the reason why I wanted to present it from the garden is as a reminder to me that the garden is where it all began. The garden is where it all began. And what is it? The Lord God took man and put him in the garden, Genesis 2.15 says. And the, do, did God really say you must not eat from the tree of the garden is in Genesis 3, 1, where the devil began to tempt man and woman and the fall occurred. I am the true vine and my father's the gardener, Jesus told his disciples and telling us in John 15, 1. And at a place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden. And because it was the Jewish day of preparation, and since there was a tomb nearby, they laid him there in the garden thinking he was the gardener. Mary Magdalene said, where did you carry him? And when he yelled, yelled out to her, Mary, she turned to him and cried out, Rabinio, which means teacher at the garden. We're here today, but we're celebrating the garden experience. The garden is where life began. The garden is where betrayal of God by humanity occurred. Betrayal was where our sins were laid, but the garden is where the restoration of life was born. And the gardener is our heavenly father. Today we celebrate what Jesus did for us in the garden. And for me, Resurrection Sunday is a day of celebration. It's a day to remember that we are children of God, children of the inheritance of heaven. I hope that you get excited about this Sunday morning in the garden, knowing that we are children of the inheritance of heaven, children restored by the grace of God with the knowledge that we have of those children of the inheritance of God and saved by the grace of God. That should give you joy and it should get you to want to celebrate this morning. And as we can continue to celebrate and hopefully you'll have time even during this pandemic as it's starting to wind down, have some time to spend with family and to rejoice with them. But it's also a time where we need to take a step back. We need to take a step back and remember what God, our Heavenly Father, wants from us. He wants us to be a witness for him, to proclaim the good news of Christ resurrected, the good news of the restoration of our soul, the good news that because he lives, I can face tomorrow because he lives. All fear is gone because I know God holds the future and life is worth living because he lives. 
That should not, that should be our song today. It shouldn't just be a song that we heard when we were children in the church, but that's a song that we should sing today on this Resurrection Sunday in the garden. And I'm hoping that you join me in that song because he lives. I know there's nothing on earth that can separate me from the love of God. I know because he lives, I can proclaim the good news of redemption. I can let the world know my peace comes from my faith in God. I can let people know that my faith is in the same God that rose Jesus from the dead. That same God can rise me out of any circumstance that I might be in. That's what I know about what happened in the garden. I don't know, that's what I know that happened because of the resurrection. I know that's because God showed his love for me then in the garden that he shows his love for me continuously even today. And because of that, that's why I have joy. Because of that, that's why I have peace. And because of that, that's why I want to take his invitation to be a witness for him. And so the message for today is called eyewitness. Eyewitness. And, I, and we, we witness because there were witnesses to the resurrection. So I say eyewitness because of eyewitnesses. I'm gonna say that again. Eyewitness because of eyewitnesses. And, and because of the eyewitnesses, my testimony is what God has done for me, is what I, as a witness of God, as an ambassador of him in the kingdom, to build the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, my responsibility is to show and share the same love that God has showed me. See, we, I, I am a representative of, the, of a loving God, and therefore, so I love. I am a representative of a forgiving God, therefore, I forgive. I'm a representative of a gracious God, therefore, I am gracious. I re am a, a representative, an ambassador on earth for a powerful God, and therefore, through his prayer, I can battle evil. I can battle it for sickness on behalf of somebody else in prayer. I can battle with conviction to try to convict others. That as an eyewitness to the resurrection, I know the outcome of every circumstance. The outcome of, of grief is that joy will come in the morning. As an outcome of sickness, I know healing comes in the name of Jesus. This is my story. I know because even as into death that Jesus is victorious and we are victorious and we have our inheritance waiting for us. And because of that, this is my story and this is my song. And that's why I can praise my savior. How long? All the day long. This is my story. This is my song praising our savior all the day long. There's so many great songs that we had during our time that we can bring out today during Resurrection Sunday, joining us in the garden, just being excited that the Lord did for us in the garden. I witness a person who witnessed the resurrection, a person who, who lived a life of high calling, a person who witnesses to others about the kingdom of God, a person who joins the saints of old and being an eyewitness for the resurrection through your own testimony. Because of eyewitnesses, I witness. What, is the, what did the eyewitnesses say? 
we're going to bring you to 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. And if for those that want to pause the video, those that want to get there and, and get such situated, I'm at 1 Corinthians 15, the Apostle Paul talking to the church at Corinth, telling them about eyewitnesses. The same story that he has is the same story that's going to work for us today. 1 Corinthians 15. The Apostle Paul says, for what I receive, I pass on to you as first importance. What I received, I pass on to you as first importance. So we need to, before we go any further, and, and I'm at 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 11. And as we're at 1 Corinthians 15, 3, Paul's telling the church at Corinth, what I receive, I pass on to you as first importance. See, everything else falls after that. And it, what was of first importance? That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter. Oh, we're going to start listing the eyewitnesses. You can start counting them yourself. He, list, he first appeared to Peter, then to the 12. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still alive, but a few has, have fallen to sleep. Now I'm gonna stop there for a minute. He appeared to the brothers, 500 brothers at the same time. That's 500 witnesses. And I like how Paul did it. Paul said there, there's some still alive. Most of them are still alive. So if you don't believe me, if you don't believe what Peter said, take a little trip to Jerusalem, knock on their door, ask them if they were there, ask them what they experienced, have them be an eyewitness so you can be an eyewitness. Then, continuing on with Paul's list of the witnesses, then he appeared to James and then to all the apostles. Now we start looking at the apostles. There were 72 of them. Remember that Jesus sent out two by two. I don't know what number you're at when you're starting to count. I know a couple people started counting. And as they were counting, uh, you might have might have lost count. But we got 500 at one time. We had Peter. We had the 12 disciples. We had the 72 apostles. All of these people were eyewitnesses to the resurrection. If you don't believe me, maybe you can believe the 500 that, that uh, all saw them at the same time. And then... He said that, he, that God then appeared to Paul. He said, to me oh, also, as one abnormally born. Now, I'm going to stop there for a minute. Then he appeared to me as one abnormally born. Now, when Paul's talking about abnormally born, he's talking about the fact that he was persecuting the church. That was abnormal. How can you persecute the church of Christ Jesus? But for him, he said, I was abnormally born. He was, he, was, he was raised in a situation where he learned about the law, but he did not understand the meaning of the law, and he did not realize and witness before his transformation on the road to Damascus, he did not understand that who Jesus was and his resurrection and what it meant to him. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, Paul says. And his grace to me is, with, is not without effect. And then Paul said, I work harder than any of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God that, is with, that was with me. Whether then it was I, 
or they that was the one that we were preaching it is the resurrection that we all believed let's go down over again because it paul said it a lot smoother than i just did he said it was it doesn't matter if it was peter preaching it it doesn't matter if it was james preaching it it doesn't matter if it was the 500 testifying about it it wasn't if it was it didn't matter if it was the 72 that went out two by two who were who were talking about the resurrection and it wasn't about the one who was abnormally born but it was about the resurrection and the good news which is of first importance and that's what we need to do today i i'm falling in the line with paul i'm saying because i was abnormally born i wasn't a person that people would have thought when i was growing up that i was going to be able to be in the garden preaching god's holy word on the resurrection sunday i was abnormally born maybe that's where you fall in maybe that you say i was i'm not the type of person who can go out and speak in front of people i'm not the type of person that that feels good about uh talking even to individuals one by one but god is t telling you through to the apostle paul that no matter how you were born abnormally born like paul said the grace of god can speak through you and you live your testimony by the by the way you live and the way you treat others that was the apostle paul's message for the church at corinth and that's the message he passed on for us to hear today and he wanted them to believe and to be able to follow jesus and Paul needed to give them a list. See, Paul, Paul was trained in the law, and he's, he's what, what would have been considered then an attorney for the peop, for the church. And I look, try to look at that verse as well I was, as I would be looking at preparing for a trial myself as, as an attorney. And when I prepare, when you prepare for a trial, what you wanna do is you wanna let the other side know. And, and the rules of procedure require us to let the other side know who you're going to, who's going to be your witnesses, who's going to come in and testify on your behalf. And you got to want to let the, the judge know and the other side know what are going to be your exhibits. And that's what Paul gave in 1 Corinthians 15 as he was arguing his case for why it was that he was doing what he was doing, a case of why the people of Corinth should believe and act and do the will of God. Paul was presenting his case for people to believe 2,000 years later, after he presented it, he gives us background about his case so that we have something that we can bring with us to an unbelieving world to give our testimony so I can witness to the kingdom of God. The message today is I witness. And that should not just be our slogan, but that should be our argument. We should tell people, you don't have to just believe me, believe John, believe Paul, believe peter oh i'm gonna go back even further at the at the garden mary magdalene and some of the women they saw the angel it shined bright on the, the light shine bright on them and they they've hid their face because they did not know what was going on and the angel said to them why are you looking for the dead among the dead jesus christ has risen paul didn't even include them we started off when we talked about the garden, about how Jesus appeared first to Mary Magdalene, started adding them to him. And when people say, I don't believe in the resurrection, say, don't believe me, believe 500 people, believe 72 other people, believe the disciples, the apostles, Peter, James, and Paul. And if you don't believe them, just ask God 
to bless you with the opportunity to have wisdom. And I can guarantee you he will show himself and he will reveal himself to you in your current life situation. How many different times did people meet Jesus and how many different groups Jesus met with them? And I want to understand and put it in the context of the law that existed at that time. In Deuteronomy, it says, on the testimony of two or three witnesses, a man shall be put to dead, death, but no one shall be put to death with the testimony of only one witness. So to be put to death, you needed a witness, two or three witnesses for the most important thing there is to do uh, with somebody's life. And the Apostle Paul had almost 600, five, at least 550 people that he had as witnesses. And I like how, how it is that uh, from my standpoint as an attorney, I love this verse because what it reminds me of is it reminds me of what is called a class action, a class action. And in a class action, there's rules of procedure that says that a that says that the, the representative of the people is too large to be able to be to all come into to court. There is no way they can could have they could bring 500 people in to testify what happened in any court. So what the court allows us to do is the court allows us to have what's called a class action. And in the class action, what you have to have is you have to have a class must be too numerous that joinder of all the members is impractical. All right, so let's go there. 550 people to join them all in one class act in one case to have them all testify individually about what that Jesus rose was too, too large. The class, uh, there must have the, the com they must have questions of law and fact that are common. What's the, what's the common factor that we have? Paul called it the, the message of most importance, that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. He died, Jesus Christ died for our sins and he rose from the dead. He defeated death. He gave us, through his grace, he's given us life. Not only life, he's given us everlasting life. Not only life, he's given us life and life more abundantly. That's the message of law and fact common to the class. There's also a side, another class, the other side of the, of the argument, where those that want to oppose and continue to oppose God and the will of God. And so there's a battle. It's just like a, law, a lawsuit that I'm in court with on a daily basis. There's a battle for the souls for the kingdom of heaven. There's a battle for, for the presentation of God's holy word. That's the battle that we have. But there, there must be questions of law and fact common to the class. Both classes are very simple. There's those that follow the will of God, those that believe in Christ resurrected, and there's those that don't. It's very simple. What, the question is, what class do you belong to? And the claims of the representative parties must be typical of the class and the representative parties will fairly and adequately protect the interests of the class. So those are the four requirements of a class action. And we have a class. We have a class of, of strong people who believe in Christ Jesus. That's our class. The question is who in that class is going to be a representative? 
And that's why the message today is eyewitness. See, we, so Jesus is looking for those who want to be class representatives, who want to be able to go out and tell the world that, that Christ, what Jesus has done for them. Eyewitness. And the representatives will fairly and adequately protect the interest of the class representative. That's what that's what it, it, the law requires. And then we add that to the, to what it says, where the law says that by the by the testimony of two or three, that's all you need to be able to do something as significantly as putting somebody to death. That's what the law was at that time. I'm hoping that you grasp at this this Resurrection Sunday, what what the Lord is wants from us and how the importance of 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. The when we look at it, for I receive what is of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he rose again on the third day according to the scripture. Not only did he rise from the dead, but he rose from the dead so that he could he could fulfill what was written about him before. Then he appeared to Peter, then he then to the 12. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers, most of whom were still alive at that time. Then he appeared to James. Oh, let me talk about James. James was one of Peter of one of Jesus's brothers. If you go back into the Bible, read some some stories about Jesus and his brothers. His brothers did not even believe in him. So he even had disbelief, unbelief, people on the wrong side of the class lawsuit, even in his own family. But after Jesus appeared to him, James had a, had a, a substantial change in his outlook. Then he appeared to all the apostles. And then last, he appeared to me, and I'm gonna say it to me, to me also, one who's abnormally born. So as we prepare this resurrection and we have joy and get excited about being out with our family, we also need to be understand that we are part of the class representatives for the kingdom of heaven. And our, our side and our interest and our uh, outlook and our outcome is all common to each other. And that makes us each a, a val valid and viable representative for the kingdom of God. We join the women who went to went to the tomb and said why are you looking for the living among the dead he's not here he's risen that should be our excitement he's not here he's not among the dead he's among the living he, everything that was said about him came true everything that he said about him was true and we know that the women ran off and immediately they told J John and 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 Peter who then ran back to to validate it on their own then we had we add that to the witnesses. We're putting our trial list together, getting our disclosures, what we say in the law, getting our disclosures together. And then we get to the point where we understand that not only the resurrection story as it was told to us, but we have the resurrection story as we live it. And I'm hoping that you understand it. We don't just have the resurrection story as it was told to us by 500 plus 72 plus some apostles and disciples and Paul and, and Jesus's brother but we have our own eyewitness testimony testimony of when you were down and the joy of the Lord became your strength we have times where you were we felt like you weren't going to be able to go on but we know 
that through through God's love, God put angels in your way to be able to help you and to guide you and to give you strength when you were, weren't able to do it. That's what, what our testimony is. So as we get excited about the resurrection story, as we get excited about what Jesus did for us, as we get strength from the testimony of all the people who are personal eyewitnesses, as we get ready to fulfill our responsibility, which is eyewitness, we should then take our time to go out into our own personal garden. If you have one physically, you can go out physically in the garden like I did. If not, get your own garden place. That old, your own garden place may just be the back stoop at your house. It may be the deck on your apartment. It may be a park down the street, but just reflect on what this Resurrection Sunday means to you. Resurrection Sunday means that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I don't know how wonderful you think that is, how many people would be willing to do what God did for us. He gave his only begotten son so that whoever can, whoever believes in him will not perish. I'm so excited about that, but will have everlasting life. That's what we have. And that's what, what we have when we look at the resurrection and the celebration that we have today. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. That should be your testimony. There's somebody out here that you know that's struggling with something here today. And that struggle is in a situation where you can be the witness that of the class and say, you're over in the wrong class. Not only are you on the wrong class, you're, you're in the representative group of the group that has lost historically. They lost in the kingdom when the angels threw uh, the Satan and his angels out of heaven. They lost when the devil tried to tempt Jesus in 40 days and 40 nights. They lost when they mocked and, and, and tortured Jesus and thought he was dead. They lost on Resurrection Sunday when the, when the uh, rock was rolled back. They lost when they, and they knew they lost when they bribed the guard who saw the rock be, being moved and told him to leave and not uh, tell anybody what happened. They lost when Jesus appeared to, to over 500 people. They lost when we've seen, uh, when we see what God is doing in the life of everyday people every day. We need to understand that our responsibility as a witness to the resurrection of Jesus makes us personally an eyewitness. And, and what is your testimony? You may be the person that you, you say, I can't just go out and tell somebody what my testimony is. Maybe you're the type of person who needs to write it down, put it in your, in your iNotes, in your iPhone or your Android notes. Maybe you need to just send somebody a message in, on, on, on Twitter or put a message on Snapchat and say, today is Resurrection Sunday. This is what the Lord did for me. I am an eyewitness. We're an eyewitness to Jesus Christ in the way that we live. And we're an eyewitness to Jesus Christ in the way that we talk to people. We're an eyewitness to Jesus Christ when we bear the testimony to others and help them follow Christ Jesus. And our challenge today, our challenge today is to, is to use the strength of the Holy Spirit to be able to guide us and, and allow us to go out and be a witness to him. We, re we represent the class of Christ Jesus by the way we live. When somebody's in need, do we turn our back? When somebody's hurting, do you go and, and spend time with them? When somebody's sick, 
Do you go and visit them? Now, I know we're in a pandemic, but we have more technology than anybody else. Do you Zoom call them, face call them, uh, dial them up? Do you, we still actually even have that the old thing that people used to use back in the day. I know some of the young kids that might be listening to this today might not understand this, but we actually had a pencil and a pen and some paper and an envelope and a stamp. We used to address it to them and they would get it and read it. We have so many ways that we can bring the love and the joy and the grace of God to a world that's struggling. And that's why Jesus is looking for people, not only the eyewitnesses in the year 30, but he's looking for eyewitnesses in 2021. And that's the question I'm gonna say is, are you gonna join me in my statement when I say eyewitness? I wanna be the person who uh, we know that may be brokenhearted, but we can give them hope that the Lord will mend them. We know that people who are in dark places, but we know the, the light of Christ has brought blind, uh, brought the blind back to see, see to see. We know, I almost said out to see, brought them back to see. We know that through Christ, broken families have been healed. We know by through Christ, addiction has been beaten. We know that we have people who were apathetic and didn't really want to go to church. And then all of a sudden they're like, like Paul said, I was abnormally born and now I'm on fire. We know that bitterness has turned to forgiveness. We know that greed and selfishness has been turned to generosity. We know that holiness has come to people who you wouldn't think were holy because somebody witnessed to them. And we should never go about and say it is too late or that person can't be healed or that can't person can't be helped. That's why I think Paul put in 1 Corinthians 15, three to 11, that last sentence to that person who's abnormally born. If you think somebody's abnormally born, when we should be thinking with the excitement that that is gonna be the next Paul who's gonna be on fire for Christ. Paul's message is important to us because the gospel is important to us. I'm hoping that you understand that. Paul's message to us is important because the gospel is important to us. And the reason for me, if people wanna say, why is the gospel important to you? The gospel is important to me because of its power. The power that exists in the gospel to transform lives is unbelievable. And I'm hoping that each person here today understands the power and has felt the power of the gospel of Christ Jesus. The gospel of Christ Jesus has changed lives. It changed lives when Jesus was walking on the earth and has changed lives ever since then and it can change your life. If you're hearing this for the first time, just say, I wanna, I wanna be in a position where I'm switching the class. I'm going not from the class of opposing God, but I'm going to the class that supports the gospel of Christ Jesus. I wanna be a member of that class. I might not be prepared right now to be a representative of the class, but I wanna be a member of that class. And once you make that decision, where you say, I wanna be a child and, and receive the inheritance of, inheritance of the most high God, it is at that time that I can say, your life will be changed forever. And so if you're listening to this for, for the first time on this first Resurrection Sunday, I'm hoping that you just take hold of this. I'm hoping that you go back to for yourself and read 1 Corinthians 15, three through 11. You start listing all the witnesses and then read all the other gospel uh, 
uh, stories about the resurrection and you start listing all those people and you say if it worked for them, if they believed, if they were eyewitnesses, then I am prepared to do what? To witness. I witness. I hope that, that that is what comes out of your joy here today as we look and we celebrate what Jesus has done for us. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. Thank you to all our guests. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Stephen Zachary Minister Gilbert, the Arizona Message Ministry on Facebook. And feel free to send me an email to the message2.us or to my private website, stephenzachary.com. Thank you to Haribo Books for supporting us. That's haribobooks.com. Look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks.